from Studio here down in Central Florida. I am your host, Steve Elkins, and this is Off the Beaten Path. Today's date is April 30th, 2023. It's been a full week of news and sound bites, and news that is being passed off as real news, much of which I would call the fake news. The time to be vocal is now. Silence is implied consent. Please visit the RBN website for great resource articles. And for provocative insights, share what you have learned. That's going to republicbroadcasting.org. My email address is off the beaten path, Steve at gmail.com. Our phone line call in number is 512-248-8252. That's 512-248-8252. Before we get to the show here tonight, uh, a good friend of mine is suffering from the same ailment I had a while back. I think I went into quite a bit of detail of my history of my kidney stones. And my good friend David Davidson is uh, has been hospitalized, and he's going to have the same procedure that I had. And uh, soon he will be stone-free, uh, de-stoned. Is that a word? Can you say that? De-stoned. David's going to be de-stoned. But uh, prayers and thoughts going out to David that he'll have a successful procedure and be pain-free and uh the guy came through for me big time when i had my my stone issue he had some uh, narcotic that helped me out quite a bit i was in some serious serious pain and nothing was uh, nothing was working i had nothing other than tylenol tylenol let me tell you something tylenol great for a headache nothing for 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 stones pain from a, a kidney stone Worthless, totally worthless. You got to have to actually have narcotic. <clears throat> and uh, David came through for me, got me over the hump until I got into the hospital and uh, had my procedure done. So, David, thinking of you, and uh, I'll call you after the show and see how you guys are doing. Okay. Uh, what do we got going on today? Well, let's see. We still got the same stuff going on, pretty much. Oh, I do want to remind you that uh, I did a interview with Andrew Carrington Hitchcock on Wednesday. I always do one on Wednesday once a month. And then it's uh, it's broadcast out there in England and everywhere else, and then to the Rents Network for Friday Friday night uh, show. And uh, Andrew Carradine Hitchcock, uh, the show title I totaled, titled this one here: "The Unraveling Process to the Great Reset." The Unraveling Process to the Great Reset. It is now at RBN. It's a one-hour listen. It's a fun listen. Um, basically, peeling back the layers of the onion here on Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. What a great opportunity we have here. And that's pretty much what I did for that one hour. And uh, <clears throat> that's pretty much it. Uh, health-wise, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm getting stronger day by day. And uh, I'm able to, uh, to do some things. Uh, I'd like to get into more heavy, strenuous stuff. <clears throat> I cannot do so by doctor's order. He's saying, no, don't you dare think about that. Uh, you've got abdominal incision. Yes, the staples are all heavier than heavier than like 25 pounds. Geez, that's ins- what a sissy thing to say. It's 25 pounds. I can't pick up 20. 20- and uh, if this was my project, I had to bail on it. Because of the weight lifting restrictions and the wheelbarrow and carrying heavy, heavy uh, dirt away from the scene here, you know, we, we have to level this area. We're putting in a parking space, another parking space, but doing with pavers, nice walker pavers. They're pretty heavy. And we had three pallets on our driveway here sitting there for the last six months. We were waiting for a time to actually get this project going. 
And just as the time I started to think, you know, let's do this, um, I got sicker and sicker. Of course, lost my energy, and we found out later on what I had. So the wife says, you know, I, I'm going to do this. She really is quite the woman. She's a pioneer lady, uh, one of those definitely on the on the open trail there, the pioneers. Not a uh, a woman, you know. She can she can take on the 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 lifting, the heavy lifting and stuff like that. Surprising me, you know. She's actually pretty damn strong. And so she's taking over my duties to do this project of putting down the pavers, and it's a good size area. It's a very good size area. And uh, I did one part of it. I, I, what I did was pretty much till the area up with the tiller, rake it out, and uh, remove some dirt. And then she kind of leveled it out and started working on stabilizing and, and placing the pavers just perfect. All lined up just perfect. And uh, we got to the point where Saturday was a big day. And she nearly nailed it all. We're now filling in the crevices with this special resin. And by next weekend, it will be completely finished, completely finished a parking space, an extra parking space. It's kind of nice. I got a lot of vehicles and stuff, and uh, I like to keep organized. So this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. But uh, in the time what she was uh, doing the heavy working, the lifting stuff here, and I I had to find something to do. I I thought, well, you know what? We had a good rain the other day. I'll go out in the backyard and I'll pull weeds. You know, we, I'm going to, my front yard looks pretty good. Uh, the backyard, that's weedy. I've got to take care of some weed issues and, uh, got to remove leaves still from the fall and lay down some fertilizer and some weed killer. But I decided to go out and work on getting rid of some of these, these weeds. What I found interesting about the weeds are of how similar they are to people. People can become weeds, have a deep root going down into the earth, sucking out the life and the nutrition that they need. People can be weeds. I've run across a lot of weeds in my life. Some of these weeds are uh, actually don't look like weeds. They don't, they don't. You pull them up and well, they got a real long root, but sometimes they're actually got a pretty flower on it. And you think, I can't believe this is a weed. Yeah, it's a weed. A fastidious weed, it can just take off and take over your whole yard. But it's got a pretty flower on it. How could it be a weed? And then some weeds are actually really fool you. You'll be really, you know, you'll be reaching down, and I, I recommend pulling weeds with gloves because you never know what kind of weed you're going to pull on. But we have one out here called stinging nettle. Stinging nettle. You can't really see the little spikes, the little pins, little needles on this plant here. But if you pull it up with your hand, I guarantee you, you're always going to remember it, and it really does sting. And uh, it's it's a plant. You look at it; it doesn't look like a weed, but it is a it is a weed. It's, it looks more like a, a just a clump of lilac or whatever, just kind of creeping flocking. What they call it, the, the creeping flock, ground cover. And uh, but if you pull it by hand, you're definitely going to know it's stinging nettle, and you'll you'll recognize the leaf like you would recognize a poison ivy leaf in the future. You'll say, "Oh, geez, that's poison ivy. I'm not going to touch that." Oh, that's stinging nettle. I'm not going to touch that. And you use the shovel to get rid of it. But people are like that. I've run across people like that in my, in my life. And uh, people can be weeds, parasites, drawing off your energy, using you for whatever they can. My suggestion is keep your eyes wide open. Um, these are very difficult times, interesting times. And um, you got to keep your guard up. Keep your guard up. So enough with the weeds. I did lose some friends, another friend in California. You know, I, my, my circle of trust and friends is, is getting much smaller. 
much smaller. I, I still have Ron, and I have another friend there in California, a young, young lady that's uh, in the banking industry here. And uh, other than that, um, I don't have many friends anymore. I'm losing my friends over my politics. I received a, a text the other day from my friend, which I don't think is a friend anymore in California. And she made a comment about what's it like living in a state with a dictator? Are you serious? Living in a state with a dictator? That must be Ron DeSantis. Hmm. Ron DeSantis, a dictator. The guy that pushed back against every government mandate thrown out there by Joe Biden. You're actually calling him a dictator? Well, let me remind you, Gigi. You live in a state where you have a governor that's trying to reward black people by just because they're black. And for some reason, you are responsible for slavery and you must pay these people X amount of dollars. Your governor, Gavin Newsom, shut down your economy, destroyed many, many, many businesses, has destroyed the middle class in California is creating a race war with this reparations situation, uh, is forcing mandates of COVID vaccines and boosters, or you're fired, out-of-control spending, out-of-control inflation, gas prices, energy prices. You can't have a gas stove. You can't have a gas water heater. You must buy electric cars. And you're telling me that I'm living in a state that has a dictator? Do you even know what a dictator is? Evidently not. You have nothing. You have no argument. I told my wife, I said, geez, what the hell happened to Gigi? She turned into a libtard. We've been gone for four years. She seemed like a normal person. We did a lot of stuff together. And that little liberal side that I saw once in a while has grown exponentially bigger. You were forced to take the shots. You're a government worker. Now you're retired. I wonder what your health is like. Have you even noticed? If it is falling off your health, have you noticed? Can you point a finger at maybe why your health now is poor? Here you just retire at age late 50s. You retired early because you're government, a city employee, and, and your health goes south. And you wonder why. Because you were forced to take these government, these state-mandated COVID shots and vaccines and boosters, and they boosted you up, right? And now what? Look at your health. Hey, my guy didn't do that. My guy actually fought to keep our jobs. He fought to penalize anybody who would forcefully try to make somebody take a shot or a booster to keep their job. Extortion. Medical extortion, economic extortion. Take it or you lose your job. My guy didn't do that. Your guy did that. California is going down the crapper. Okay, let's be honest about it. People are leaving the state of California. Businesses are leaving California. Your homeless population is growing. People are defecating in the streets. They're looting your stores. Your stores are closing. Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, they're all leaving. 
the state because you have buried it with your woke politics. Your love and admiration for the LGBTQ. The mind games you're playing with the children in the schools. Brainwashing and indoctrination. You're screwing up the golden state. No longer golden. No longer golden. Compton, California. A staged mab, mass flash mob shows up at a gas station, kicks in the doors, the windows, loots the store. Hundreds of people go in there and loot the store. Well organized. Well organized. It's happening all over. This flash mob looting thing is taking over. These guys are not dummies. They know how to do it. They can synchronize it. Let's all hit it. These different stores at the same time. The uh, defunded police. Yes, again, another Gavin Newsom policy. Let's defund the police. They are the problem, not the criminals. Let's defund the police. And then the crime just takes off. And they never want to hold any kind of accountability or blame for what they have caused here. Crime is going up. Everything is going up. Child trafficking. Your illegal immigration coming into your country here, to your state, is destroying your state financially. Sex trafficking. Drugs coming in. The worst of the worst is coming in to California. And you're facilitating it. You're helping it. And Biden has got the buses there. And they're bussing all these illegals. who probably have diseases that we haven't seen in a long time. All over the United States. Make sure you drop them in a red state. we got to change the voting in these red states. Let's drop off all the illegals in these red states. Let's get more votes for the Democrats. During the Civil War, we call these people carpetbaggers. They are today. Selling out their country. Selling out the people who live in California. They've been sold out. The mass exodus of California is coming. It's already started. You can't even get a U-Haul to get the hell out of this place. You're going to start uh, loading up your car and your truck. Look like the Beverly Hillbillies going down the road here. I'm leaving California. I'm not going to California. I'm leaving the state. It's that bad. It's that bad. So I guess uh, I lost a uh, a friend. I'm not going. I didn't bother to text back, reply back, because I know where that would go, and I just figured that's it. There's no talking to somebody who has liberal views, who does not use reason, logic, critical thinking any longer. For some reason, I don't know how it happened. She got brainwashed somehow. I don't know what happened here. Uh, I guess you like living in a state where your check is getting smaller and smaller and your retirement check is getting smaller and smaller because you're having to pay for all the illegals that come into the to the state. You like you like uh, paying more in taxes? Well, move to California then. Actually, all the businesses that are leaving California are relying on you people who stay in order to get their taxation because your taxes are going up. You're screwed unless you leave. And then they're trying to make sure that you can't even leave. A penalty tax, 
assess to anyone leaving California on your housing. They want to find a way to keep you there, and if not, tax you heavily, that it will make up the difference for you leaving. So wait a minute, isn't that kind of like the actions of a dictator right there? Isn't, isn't that? Gigi doesn't get it. Gigi doesn't get it. They already planned to move to Arizona once her husband retires because of cost of living. Well, I can't imagine what the cost of living is now. Last time I talked to Ron McDonald, gas prices, gas, regular gasoline was already over $6 a gallon. I'm paying about three eighty-five, a little more than it should be. It's gone up because they're milking this. Yeah, a sheik gets up in the morning and notices a, a zit on his face, and he says, well, <laughs> we got to raise oil prices. That's pretty much our pimple on his ass, one or the other. Uh, these guys, they're... It doesn't follow supply and demand. Oil never has followed supply and demand. It's just how they feel. I think we can do this. Let's do it. Everybody, let's all do this together. That's kind of a conspiracy. It's locking in the price. It is a monopoly. It does not follow supply and demand. Oil does not. So uh, I guess I could say goodbye to, to Gigi. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. There is no invitation to come down, or there was an invitation to come down, stay with us, and have some fun. Um, it has been trampled on. I, I, I just can't imagine. And uh, to have somebody come down and argue and fight over politics, this is my house. I, I have the right to <laughs> have my opinions. By, by the way, my opinions usually have some kind of stock. You know, they have some kind of validity. Hers did not. Short commercial break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. you as part of the wild pastures family and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love now we started wild pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high quality pastures meats and even when they did it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly now i'm not talking about the bottom of the barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free range or even cage free terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasteurized meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States 
is truly pasture raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. But I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your delight. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Kibad Atzman says the essence of Jewish power is the ability to prevent the discussion of Jewish power. Jewish power requires anybody in politics to understand it and know about it, but never talk about it. My awakening really sums up with the very best evidence, the facts and the truth about race, and the fact that race drives history, and the truth about the Jewish question. The younger you get, the greater the percentage of people who identify as alphabet soup, you know, LGBTQ, RS. This woman, she's like, oh yeah, I identify as a koala two years ago. And I'm like, what? A koala? What? Maybe if it was quickie koala, that might be cool, but otherwise, you know. How about an inward pass? Have you ever received an inward pass from any of your black friends? Biden invited a drag queen to come for the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act. It's an Respect for Anal Sex Act. So, yeah, I mean, let's, let's just call it like it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Mark Antoine, a 2009 release called Foreign Exchange. If you like that, I hope you check it out sometime. Some good stuff. Uh, I'm going to share an interesting story with you. I got a lot of interesting stories that happened to me this this week. This one here in particular is a, is a very interesting story. A 27-year-old young lady. Uh, I know her mother quite well. I actually know her quite well. Uh, she has a sixth sense, uh, something very interesting her mother told me. Before my diagnosis, what we found out was wrong, my problem, my bleeding problem, my, my tumor, my cancerous tumor in my large bowel, the ascending colon there, the right section of the ascending colon. This young girl, this young woman, 27 years old, autistic, <coughs> excuse me, autistic, before I was even diagnosed, one night she said at dinner table at uh, doing a prayer getting ready to eat, Caitlin said to her mom, we need to pray for Steve. We need to pray for Steve. And Lori goes, well, what's going on with Steve? She said his health. There's something wrong with him. He is not well. We need to pray for him. He's sick. I find that quite interesting. A 27-year-old autistic young woman here would have that insight to something that, uh, yeah, I knew that something was wrong with me, myself personally, but I didn't think anybody else would really notice 
especially a young 27-year-old autistic woman. But she did sense something. And then, again, her mother contacts me and she said, Steve, she's praying for you again and that you have 15 angels, guardian angels, standing over you. 15 guardian angels. She can tell you the names of two of them, two females and one male. But the male, she said, I don't know the male's name. But you have 15 guardian angels standing over you to watch you through this process of what you'd be going through. Your treatment's coming up. Wow. Interesting. The male part was interesting because when I talked to my mother about that, she said, what do you think the, the male is? And I said, well, it's probably my brother, Brian, passed away a long time ago. The brother, yeah. It could be. And uh, she said, you think it's your father? No, I think it's, it's probably, probably Brian, my brother. But it's just interesting, these things that we we look at some people that we think, well, you know, they're delayed mentally and that they really are not part of society and, and productive in society. But I think they've actually increased some of their other senses to compensate for loss of other senses. And I'm still blown away that a 27-year-old autistic woman could tell me I was sick. I needed prayer, and, uh, and then I have now have 15 guardian angels standing over me or looking over me. Two are female, gave the names. I couldn't remember the names. And then one male. I think it's rather, rather interesting. I, I don't know. Thought I'd share that with you. Another story I want to share with you today, I, I did a little middleman work here. Uh, well, while the wife was working on the pavers, I had to go to the post office and mail a package out. And uh, on the way out, there was a big, giant uh, sale. Somebody had a sale. It was a business sale. I'm looking for a certain thing for our Florida room, looking for like an armoire, shelving unit, so we can store some things. And I thought, what the heck, I'll just stop. Maybe I'll get lucky and, and find what I'm looking for here. And I stopped, and I didn't find anything, really. But when I was, I was leaving, the woman said, well, we, we're closing down today. We're, we're done. We're moving to a different building. And all this belongings in this building here, a lot of good stuff. Uh, we have to find a home for it. We don't know where to take it. Evidently, goodwill does not take things you can't sell. They find no value in trying to sell something. They said, well, if you couldn't sell it at your sale, then why, what, why we want it? So I said, well, go to Salvation Army. I don't support the Goodwill anyway because I think their CEO makes about $3 million a year. And I can't hardly believe you're working for the people if you're making $3 million a year for your CEO. So I try to bring stuff over to donate to the Salvation Army if I can. And she said, well, yeah, I guess we could do that. I said, you know what? I'm going by. I got to go to the post office. On the way to the post office, there's a church there. And there's a thrift store associated with that church that's supposed to help people. They sell these goods. People donate. They, they give the money to some kind of group of you know, helping people get back on their feet again. I, I kind of like that idea. They just don't give it away. There's, you got to do something. You know. But uh, it's a good idea. Come back after this commercial break. I want to tell you the interesting story of the people I met. And... Uh, it's a good story. I, I think we might be building the RBN listing audience. That's my goal.
handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your terahertz frequency want, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. Well, we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. Saturday here, so I'm heading over to the post office to mail a package. 
I stop off at this Methodist church thrift store to do the hookup to help this other company out to basically find a home for all their belongings because they don't know where they should send it to. And I said, you know, maybe can we can send it over here to the Methodist church and they could uh, use it and uh, to help some people. That would be great. Can you set that up? Sure, I can set that up. I'll go right by there and uh, so give me your name and number here and I will put it in the right hands and maybe they'll come over and you know help you out on this situation. Okay, that'd be great. So I go over there and I walk in the door and uh, two women, probably in their late 60s, I'll take it back, mid-70s, yeah. Very kind, very nice, pleasant women. Uh, I greeted me and we started talking and I told them the situation and they were very interested. Yeah, you could help us out that way. Appreciate it. Give her the number and we'll definitely make the hook up here and we can put some stuff in our store here and sell and, and help some people. I said, that's great. I'd like to hear that. So I don't know how we got into talking about politics. I'm not sure all these things happen to me all the time. But something was about the economy and something about, well, Washington. And I said, boy, we're living in strange times, are we not? And one said, oh, are we really? I said, yeah, you know, the wokeism creeping in, the LGBTQ plus, so what plus means. And uh, the whole transgender issue and the wokeism, the, the corporations siding with more with the transgender and pushing their products and their politics on us. And we, we somehow got into this long discussion about what's wrong in this country. And I talked about my inverted flag, a nation in distress. They didn't know what actually what it meant. And I told them what it means, what it means now. So maybe they might flip their own flags. I don't know. But we started talking about everything that was wrong in this country since Joe Biden has taken over. And uh, we are all in agreement. This country is headed in a very, very bad direction here. I still believe we have a possibility of turning things around, but we have to come together. And we, we ended up at conversations talking about the stolen 2020 election. I told them how that was working, how that worked out, how that was orchestrated, how the flip happened in their early morning hours, not in our early morning hours, it should have happened in the middle of the night while we were sleeping, the flip, and it happened in our wake hours, actually at 10 o'clock, not 10 o'clock, it was around 8 o'clock. John Stadmiller and I were doing the show, and uh, Don Campbell was joining us, and we were talking about the numbers. We were talking state by state, how their state was doing. Here's the numbers for Indiana, here's the numbers for Ohio. And then we saw it at 8 o'clock. We saw a huge flip. Donald Trump had this much, this many votes, a huge number of votes. Joe Biden didn't have very many. And then suddenly, boom, the inverse. It just flipped. And now Donald Trump had the low numbers and Joe Biden had the huge number. The flip, we saw it right in our own plane, of, right there in the viewpoint. Right there I saw it. And I said to John, did you see that? Did you see that? A flip. It just happened. Now, that's not possible. They have already started their cheating. They've already started to flip the election. And when I explained to them that the servers were in Frankfurt, Germany, and that these knuckleheads, these cheaters, these knuckleheads aren't too smart, they were told to flip the election in the early morning hours. They didn't realize they didn't. They were supposed to flip it in our early morning hours. So we, while we were sleeping, the election would be flipped in the morning. You'd wake up and see that on what happened. You wouldn't be able to track it. These knuckleheads flipped it in their early morning hours. There was about an eight-hour difference between California 
and Frankfurt, Germany. These knuckleheads flipped it in their own time. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love it. But that's exactly what they did, and uh, they didn't know that. But they did know the servers were in another country. So we talked about all that stuff. We talked about everything that's going wrong with this country here. And they totally get it. And, and one of them actually mentioned the the word deep state. She actually mentioned deep state. This woman in her 70s mentioned it's the deep state. Oh, my God. And then I started talking about Klaus Schwab and uh, the Great Reset and all this COVID stuff. This is all purposeful. Removing our food, our supply chain, all these things are all by plan, by purpose. I didn't go into the depopulation agenda, but that is what's going on here. <clears throat> no doubt about it in my mind. But I turned her on to RBN. Uh, she got her phone out. She found the website. Both of them did. Showed them all the banner articles there, interesting banner articles they could read. Turned them on to it. I said, my show's on Sunday and Monday, <clears throat> but there's a lot of great hosts on this network who talk about the issues. And our discussion that we're having right now, I said the discussion we're having right now in the last 30 minutes is what you're going to hear on RBN, at least on my side. I'm going to tell you what needs to be said. I'm going to say what has to be said. I'm professional. I don't lose my head in terrible language. Occasionally I'll drop something, but not that bad. But the point is, I don't sugarcoat it. You get the real deal with me. And uh, it's following the moniker of this network because you can handle the truth. I think you can handle it. You're a grown-up. You can handle it. You may not like it. You may not like what I have to say. But I'm going to say it. And most people, if they don't like what, what you have to say, they turn the knob. You know, that's it. I'll find something else to, to listen to. That's fine. I have no problem with that. That's your choice. But if you are going to listen, you're going to hear truth. You're going to hear what I see, you know, what I see, and I, I interpret, I analyze, I give you my perspective on what I think is going on here, and that is the truth. And if I'm wrong, I come back and I say, hey, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. I made a mistake. I've done that twice, I think, since I've been on, on the network here. Twice. I've come back and said, no, I got that one wrong. I was a source. Information, I thought I checked it thoroughly, and it turns out I was taken in on something. I think it was twice. I came back and ate some crow. I hate crow. It's kind of stringy. doesn't taste like chicken at all, by the way. But I ate my crow and um, just learned to do better of following up on things that people tell me to find out if it's true or not. You want it to be true. You think, wow, I want this to be true. Could it be true? Well, let me find out. Well, you find you can look on the internet and find lots of disinformation. People are in the business of giving you disinformation. It's really hard. You got to find the true information and the true sources. And uh, I find there's lots of people in the business of giving you disinformation. They are definitely paid trolls. So their job is to give you the disinformation, to keep you in the dark, to keep you dumbed down as they like you, because so you can be controlled. You can be manipulated. You can be sold a bill of goods. And uh, with Washington, my God, the best of the best of BSers out there selling you a bill of goods to things you don't need, you don't want, and uh, they're king at it. They've, they've constructed the whole COVID narrative from day one. When I pointed out the fraud on day one with John Stabler, I said, there's no such thing as an asymptomatic spreader. That's, uh, that's a lie. Then, again, the 
pathway of finding out the PCR tests are also giving you false positives. Of course, they're spinning that as a true case now of COVID. And if it's a true case of COVID, then it leads to illness and then leads to hospitalization and then leads to death. And they did everything right. They choreographed this thing really well with having the pictures of people lying in hospital beds or in filling up hallways in the hospital. My God, look at this. These are all COVID sick people. You better rush out there and take your shots. They were lying. Refrigerator trucks in the back of hospitals, a lie. Never happened. There was no refrigerator trucks at any of the hospitals. If there were trucks parked back there, refrigerator trucks, they were just for show to scare the hell out of you so you go get your shot. Refrigerator trucks that were supposedly there that had bodies in them, but they didn't turn on the refrigerator units. Hmm. That's going to smell pretty bad in about uh, a couple hours, don't you think? Hot Florida sun, dead bodies in a uh, trailer without the refrigerator truck on. It's going to stink pretty bad. So you know that's a lie. These, they're, they're, they're not smart enough to follow up, to even make it look plausible. And they just turned on the refrigerators on these trucks. They might have been able to fool you. But then again, they forgot to put guards in front of the trucks too. You can't have bodies in there and no locks on the doors. So you have to have guard. You have to have a guard and a lock on the door. But you know that wasn't true. That wasn't happening. So there were no bodies in these in these trailers. Another line, but I did turn them on to RBN, and I'm I'm thankful that uh, we were we had this nice discussion for a half an hour. I did miss my opportunity to make it to the post office in time, and I will now have to go back out tomorrow to get this package out, which should have gone out on Saturday. But it was well worth it. I I love interesting conversation. I love meeting and greeting people who get it, who understand really what's going on. And uh, it's it's encouraging. It's encouraging me to continue on doing what I do the best I can to open more eyes. And I've actually decided to contact these women again to say, hey, I would love to talk to your congregation. I would love to talk to your church. But here's another part that I left out, and I want to make sure I get in. These women were dedicated to a higher cause, very dedicated to the church, but they also knew the church had gone beyond its scope of reason. The church they go to, their their Methodist church, had decided to go on the more progressive side of politics. Well, when I say progressive side, that's the side of what's going on right now with the transgender movement, the LGBTQ, all that stuff. We're going to be a little more progressive. Actually, what they should just say, we're going more liberal. Not really progressive, you're becoming a liberal. And so the church was going in the, in the pathway of being a liberal church now, accepting, accepting. I told these women, I said, you understand how this all happened, don't you? It happened with one word, the power of one word, power of suggestion of one word, and that's, that word is tolerance. So become tolerant. Be tolerant of our ways. Be tolerant of our ways. They're not tolerant of us, but be tolerant of us and our lifestyle. Tolerance leads to acceptance. And that's exactly what happened. Now you've got to that point of acceptance. Now you throw something else on the camel's back here. Let's throw something else. Let's throw something. Let's add more things along the way here because we already got in. We got in the front door. We got in through tolerance. Now they accept that, and now we must go on with the agenda. There's more to come, a lot more to come. That was just the door opener. Appeasing to you as a kind person, a nice Christian, you'll be tolerant of us. What's the old saying? Hate the sin, love the sinner. 
be tolerant of us. Be tolerant. On the other side, they're probably saying if we're tolerant, maybe they'll come to our side, maybe they'll wise up, maybe they'll read the Bible and interpret the Bible the way we do and, and realize that their lifestyle is really not the right lifestyle. It's not the lifestyle that God had chosen for us, but maybe they'll come to our side. That was a bad move because, no, tolerance left the churches going to the other side to say we'll be more tolerant, and that led to acceptance. So this church, these two women here, had decided, and many in the congregation had been talking among themselves, probably behind the pastor's back, here to say, you know, I'm not happy with the church. I don't want to go progressive. Do you want to go progressive? No, I kind of like the things we have here. I believe in a high moral standing. And so we're going to do something about this. These women sat down to decide to do something about this. We're not going progressive. So they contacted other churches. They found 55 churches that are Methodist churches. I'm not sure if they're all in the state of Cal- uh, Florida here, but the 55 churches they found that felt the same way they did. They did not want to go progressive. And now they are pulling back. They are pulling away from the progressive Methodist church that is moving in that direction. They're going to the global Methodist church, which is conservative. I said to you, I said, good for you. You're actually doing something about it. You're implementing action. You're taking action. You're not just going to go along with what the preacher says and said, we're going to progressive. Okay. And I, I get an, I have an issue with when a minister refers to his congregation as a flock. I got, I have an issue with that. I'm not sure how far back that goes calling your congregation the flock. The flock as in sheep, as in people who don't think for themselves and who can be led astray pretty easy by the right talker. I, I would never refer to somebody as my flock. That's the same thing as saying sheep. Well, these women were thinkers for themselves. They realized this is the wrong direction. We're going to do something about it. And they are moving to the global Methodist Church of conservatism. They're not going to be sucked into this progressiveness. They're not going to be sucked into low moral standings. They're not going to be sucked into any of that. And I commend them for that action. So I'm hoping to talk to them again next time I come around next week. Fly by there. And uh, I would love to talk to your congregation. Probably won't happen in your church, but it's a good-sized church. And I would love to address... Those of your members that agree with you on this this issue here, I would love to address you and uh, talk about the issues and putting your feet down, planting your feet down for the higher high moral standard, and, and continue on with this pushback, push back hard. Don't allow this to happen. So I'm hoping this will go that way, and I'd love, like I said, I'd love to to talk to these these people. Uh, it's It was just refreshing. It was nice. I came back in such a great mood. My wife said, well, you're in a great mood. You weren't in a good mood when you left. Yeah, and but I'm in a great mood now. And I had a great discussion with these two uh, older women, and uh, they get it. They totally get what's going on, and I found that they were doing something about it, and I was very happy and very pleased to see people doing something. I know we talk about the issues here. I talk about the problems I've been still scratching my head on the $64,000 question of how we can make our election system fair and honest. And I have yet to find a way because they've locked in the crooked judges and the corruption is locked in well. And so I don't know how 2024 is going to be any different than 2020. 
I see the same thing to happen. Donald Trump to get cheated a second time. And how embarrassing is that going to be to be cheated twice? What's the odds of that happening? Pretty good odds. Pretty good odds. The guy's not going to be campaigning if he's even still going to be trying to become the president of the United States. Biden doesn't have to. He knows that. He didn't do it last time. He didn't campaign. He stayed in the basement. They said, don't worry about it. We got it rigged. The guy who could not pull any people in on a huge rally, could not pull people in on a rally. Donald Trump pulled in stadium rallies. And the guy who doesn't pull in the rallies and stays in the basement ends up winning the election by, what, eight or nine million more votes than than Obama had? You know, you should have kept it. You should have stopped where you were before you threw on the nine million more votes than Obama. Because that definitely points to the election fraud. We all saw 2,000 mules, and it disappoints me that Fox waved the, the white flag rather than defend their position that the election really was stolen. It really was. I don't know why they didn't want to go that route, but uh, it's it's kind of cowardly. But uh, I guess when it comes down to the numbers, the greenbacks, they said, well, we might lose $1.6 billion over this amount of money. Let's just pay the $785 million. Let's pay that, and then uh, we'll move on. But you lost credibility. Lost credibility, and on top of that, you did something stupid. You killed the golden goose. You killed your golden goose. Now that I was a a big Tucker Carlson fan, I found him to be better than many, most, than on the the mainstream media. I found him to be more credible than most. Wasn't perfect. I think he knew where to draw the line. I think uh, sometimes I started thinking he might be the controlled opposition, possibly. But uh, he did bring issues to the table that many networks would not do so. So for that, I commend him and give him a thumbs up. I guess sometimes you have to pick your battles, and I think that's what he did. He picked his battles, and now he's gone. The golden goose is gone. The guy that drew about 3.5 million viewers per night or more is gone. What a bad business model that is. You you know that your number one star on the network who draws in a huge audience, who brings in the advertising dollars, you're going to get rid of him. You're going to fire him. Um, Fox will never be the same. I, I am not sure if Fox can rebound from this. I really don't. I think Brian Kilmeade sitting in for one day trying to be the replacement for Tucker Carlson, I don't think it's going to happen. I just... If anybody decides to go on to be the next Tucker Carlson, to mimic Tucker Carlson in his platform, anybody who tries to do that again will be fired. You're talking about Rupert Murdoch, his liberal views now. For some reason, he's he switched to being a conservative somewhat. I mean, he's always been a liberal, but there's a certain point part of him that was had a little bit of conservatism in and he knew what the people wanted. He gave them what they wanted. He says, well, they want conservatism. We have a loyal audience here of conservatives. I'll give them what they want. And then somewhere along the way, he changed his mind and said, I'm going to go progressive, I guess. I'm going to go more on the progressive side. That's the new term now for going liberal. It's just saying I'm going progressive. I'm going progressive. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Well, you know that means liberal, right? No, no, it means progressive. I'm going progressive. I'm, I'm progressing. I'm not a liberal. Sure you are. 
just another term to indicate you're a liberal. It's kind of like affirmative action and diversity. Same thing. Same thing. You just retooled it. You repackaged it. You put it back out there. Now you can't say, oh, it's not, it's not discriminating. It's, a, it's not affirmative action anymore. It's something else. It's, it's diversity. Same thing. You just repackaged it. So our liberalism is being repackaged and sold to people as being progressive. And it, it sounds better, doesn't it? It's, you know, I'm a progressive. Well, well, good for you. You're a progressive. Sounds better than saying I'm a liberal, right? People hate liberals. I don't like liberals. They look at what the damage they've done as being a liberal into their society, their state, their, their country. And they say liberal politics is destroying this country. I don't want that saddled to me. I don't want myself labeled a liberal. I'd rather be called my, I'd rather call myself a progressive. Remove that label, that derogatory label of liberalism from me, and just give me, uh, give me progressive. I can, I can live with progressive. We're going to take a call real fast here. Uh, we'll probably go to break, and then we'll take him back in uh, the second hour here. Chance in West Virginia, is he still there? Is Chance still there? Chance still there? Yes. All right. Chance, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me, Steve? Yes, I hear you. You got a little bit of time. Uh, I'll probably carry you through the through the next hour. What's on uh, your mind? All right. Well, well. First off, the most important thing is how you feeling. Um, actually, not bad. I, I I'm just held to these guidelines that I'm not allowed to lift anything heavy. And there's, you know, I got a nice size property here, and there's a lot. There's lifting here. I've got trees down i've got things to cut up firewood stuff and so i can't do the heavy stuff that i want to do this uh this doctor said you know if you you break these wounds open on your stomach here your abdomen i took your staples yeah. out but if you do some heavy stuff you may split yourself wide open you may dehiss and then you're going to get an infection and then we're in trouble so uh yeah, just follow to, my I, follow my advice take it easy for a while do some things but don't do anything really heavy so my wife is is doing a lot of the heavy stuff I had those staples. Doing, I'm up doing and, good. Doing good, Chance. Yeah, I had those staples up and down my back too, 17 oh. years ago. I know what oh, you're yeah. going through. All right, if I can get to my point. Yeah. yeah. All right, my point is this: that libtard acquaintance of yours in California. Now yeah. I'm going to play the. I'm gonna, all right. Now I'm going to play the devil's advocate, Steve, and don't misconstrue okay. what I'm what I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. Well, there's yeah. the music. Yeah. We're going to carry you into the second hour. So Chance, hang with us. Second hour coming up, Off the Beaten Path. Stay tuned.
Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile OxySilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. truth, truth.